Where is InsureTech headed next? This is where indie agents own the answer. Welcome to the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. Let's go. Guys, welcome back to yet another episode of the Vertifor Insurance Podcast. I'm pumped. Um, This week, we're talking very high-level connectivity. Connectivity is an interesting word. Uh, I think the way that Vertifor has defined it over the past few years could use a little bit of reimagining. And I have somebody as the guest today on the podcast who's ready to have that conversation. We're going to help this word grow up a little bit and catch up to 2023. So Jamie Piers from Synatic, welcome to the podcast, sir. Thanks, Sydney. Great to be on the podcast and thanks for having me on today. Awesome. Jamie, maybe we could start with your role at Synatic. Um, you know, I know you guys are a fast growing startup, so in a lot of ways, you probably wear a lot of different hats, but what is 100%. your, what's your day to day? What's your main grind? My main grind is growing sales and just leading the sales team, figuring out where we position, how we position, working closely with the sales team to develop talk tracks, get, get in front of more customers. How do we, how do we get to more end customers, explain what we do, talk about what we do. Um, obviously then there's the spin-off hats of a little bit of COO here and there. Um, a lot of COO actually. So it's a lot of 16 hour days joys and then a little bit legal as well, which is really cool. Like deep legal <laughs> document review, not really Kinda cool, love that. sarcastic. <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. And you're from, uh, so that, I got. I have to just it, it interject to make sure you say this to everybody. You're from South Africa, right? You're not from the, from the U.S. Or you're from the I, U.S., but you live in South Africa now. No, I'm not from the U.S. at all. We are a crazy bunch of guys and girls trying to launch a business into the U.S. from South Africa. And we're succeeding. So um, we, we've, we've been on an interesting journey. Uh, the 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 market is large in the US and it's exciting it's hard work but every startup's hard work so yeah. so yeah we are launched out of South Africa and achieving in the USA awesome i want to talk a little bit more about the boldness of that move uh to your point i i can't say i know too many people that would you know launch a startup and then launch it in a different country um, I will say your accent does give you extra credibility points. So there, <laughs> there, you have that going for you. Um, but before we get into that, let's just on a, at a very high level, talk to Synatic's mission in the industry. And my understanding, correct me where I'm wrong here is, you know, for those of you guys listening, think of, think of, uh, you know, Zapier. Uh, if you've, if you've heard of Zapier, it's basically a plug and play um, API highway system that helps you bridge two systems together, right? So you don't have duplicate data issues and data island issues. So the, the issue with Zapier is that um, it's really not built for insurance. And if you think about the fact that the insurance industry's product really isn't the contract as much as it is the data, there's so much data in the insurance industry needed mm-hmm. to get a quote, 
Um, you know, I think in any other industry, it's the sawdust. In in this industry, data really is the wood. It's 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 the bee's knees. Um, yeah. And so, to you know, to to be able to build that type of system in the insurance industry is necessary. Also, kind of difficult. What do you think? Did I, did I do a good job, Mister uh, Mister Pierce, Mister Mister Sales Guy? What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it's spot on. I, I think the the struggle with what a lot of people have with Zapier is when it's easy and when we're moving simple concepts between systems, mm-hmm. Zapier is fit for purpose. And what ends up happening is the moment you take that step up, Zapier really starts to struggle. It, it I don't knock Zapier at all. I think it's for fit for purpose. It's a fantastic solution. Cheapest chips. You're spending a couple of hundred bucks a month if that even sometimes and and you're getting results like it's a no-brainer in many circumstances if you need to do something simple like transfer a contact from one system to another system and they're both rest apis we would tell a customer don't use synatic for that use zapier the reality is that because there's such disparity and complexity to insurance data it it becomes increasingly necessary to spread your wings and go up to the next level of systems. Mm. What also is happening, we are seeing in the industry is the is is the complexity of data filtering down. So it's putting mm. downward pressure on the industry in terms of the size of business. So it used to be that complex data was only really the realm of the enterprise business and the mid-market. Now we've seen it push down even more heavily from enterprise into mid-market and into SMB as well. So there's cognizance of the fact that there's complexity there. To deal with that complexity, there's there's a need to get tools that handle that that complexity well. Yeah, yeah. I want to get into the technical side of it in just a few minutes so that people really understand um, what why what you're doing is so you know difficult and, and intriguing. But high level, this is a really important problem to solve. I mean, today, I think you hear a lot of, I've seen it more and more, it's crazy, a lot of messaging around an all-in-one solution. Even I was logging into Zoom today and it said like one platform for everything you do. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> I appreciate it. Right. I And I appreciate that these companies are trying to, you know, you know what? I really don't appreciate it. I I feel like it's just bad lazy marketing. No, I don't either. Yeah, I to me, if there is a there is a fit for Zoom and it's within my tech suite and it has a purpose, and I'd rather you tell me what that purpose is as opposed to try and be this all in one thing that you know uh, delivers a silver bullet to my business. Now, yeah. I the the issue with you know t- peeling back the curtain and seeing the wizard and really understanding that to modernize, you have to build a suite is, well, now I have a connectivity problem because I've got all these different yeah. pieces and, and I have to put them together, right? Exactly. And that's a, maybe just walking through like on a, at a high level, what are some of those issues that you see when you come across uh, clients and businesses that you work with that, that say, okay, we, we have a connectivity problem. What does that actually mean? 
So, I, I mean, to resonate with your point, and I've got, um, so I'm a little hashtag opinionated, so like <laughs> opinionated warning coming up, but like effectively a lot of IT users, or sorry, users of systems have been lied to. It's straight up lies. It's BS that's been thrown into the marketplace so that we can, you know, as, as salespeople, we, we can engage with more conversations and I'm using broader systems here. And there's not a, a level of, of pragmatism when it comes to what can and can't work. So there's two fundamental lies that exist out there that we have to wade through just to get people to accept that they have a problem. So the, the fundamental one first is that there is an all-in-one system. Even if you had an AMS that encapsulated CRM and um, and document origination for accord forms and accord forms capturing and policy management and accounting and all all literally in one that was that was there like even still is your AMS going to become a Rayquip bind engine mm. highly unlikely and is that AMS really going to succeed at being an RQB engine if it's going to be a good AMS is is a is a is an AMS going to succeed at being a BI solution if it's a good AMS? And and that lie is is it's a it's such an undermining lie because it's created that this expectation. And I and I often talk to customers and talk about like AMS three sixty. People expect AMS three sixty to be a lot more than what it is. It's good at what it's good at. So let it be good at what it's good at and look for the surrounding systems that can augment it. And there are many surrounding systems that can augment it. Um, and and the, the second lie is really that if we have an API, we can integrate. And the, the, the simplest way to explain that, not that I'm trying to dumb it down, but it's, it's an API is just a language. You still need a translator in between two languages if you've got API to API. So effectively what Synatic is, is a complex Google Translate in between two languages that does it real time. And that's what is needed in the industry. So our biggest challenge is actually getting past that hurdle of there is no one system that's going to give you everything you want. It's a lie effectively to think that you will get one to be sold that. And the, the second hurdle to get past is we've got an API we can integrate. It doesn't work like that. An API is just a language and it's just something to be decrypted, understood, turned into and spoken to another system. Okay, I was gonna I was gonna take a left turn and and talk more about the um, where the company was at and just I, I really love hearing company stories, how you guys got started, where you're going, how funding's going, the bot the model. So I want to hear about all that. But now you've just intrigued me. Um, so I kind of want to stay on this technical train of thought. I, what I hear you saying is not all APIs are equal. No, they're very much not equal. Okay. They are almost all unequal. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Some of them really suck, mm -hmm. like call it a spade a spade. Some of them are great. Like some of them are great, but poorly documented. So them, some of them are useless, but are, are well documented. Mm -hmm. So it, it's there's a variation of APIs in 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 all in in all sorts of forms, and mm -hmm. whether it's old school SOAP, whether it's current REST, and I don't want to throw too many technical terms in there. We try to steer away from tech terms and keep it nice and simple and business orientated. But like they are, 
there are a smorgasbord of levels of APIs. Mm. So before I get into the the differentiation of of APIs, um, of the API economy here, what's the difference between, say, API connectivity and something like, uh, you know, what you see with download, like an AL3 connection, right? Is the, is there a big difference between those two things? Yes. Uh, okay. So for for an agency, right? Because they're saying, oh well, you know, I have connectivity with with download with my carriers. You know, my AMS is connected to my carriers through download. So I would I would never need to build APIs between an agency management system and a carrier system because I already have download. So maybe could we start yeah. there with like. What, what is the difference between this new version of connectivity and some of the more traditional connectivity we've seen? There's a super simple way to explain that, and that is email versus Slack slash MS Teams messaging. So one is asynchronous, the other one is synchronous. And what I mean by that is one is I send a message and I wait for somebody to talk back to me. The other one is real time and I'm chatting to somebody. They are both ultimately chats, they're just one's happening non-real time, the other one's happening real time. And that's the reason why people have looked at saying, well, how do I optimize my business conversations? My business conversation can be driven like a chat can. It can be real time feedback. And that's the difference between downloads and APIs is a download is you're sending the file from the carrier to an intermediary, to another file, to the AMS. Mm. It's a one directional conversation. Mm. At some point in time, I choose to download that as an AMS 360 or QQ Catalyst or Sajita, whatever user, and I get that data in. At that point in time, I only know if that data is valid. And then I have to send it back up the chain to go and communicate back asynchronously. So I'm not having a conversation. I'm having a very stunted engagement around that data. When we look at the API economy or in, in the world of, of Slack and inverted commas, where, where that's more successful is I know immediately whether that, mes- whether that message has succeeded or not. So if I need to send a message from the carrier to the agency, the carrier knows immediately if that data succeeded or the AMS knows immediately if that data succeeded. So when we look at those distinguishing features, they are very much worlds apart. Mm-hmm. Sending flat files and AL3 files, et cetera, et cetera. Whilst Synatic is perfectly comfortable working with those, we know what they are, we know how to take the AL3 data and turn it into a policy or whatever it may be it's still suboptimal because it's, it takes the conversation element out of data and it turns it into one way, uh, often a one way shouting match really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I guess the big question would be, well, why don't we just upgrade everything to APIs? <coughs> it should be easy, right? Yeah. We could just, oh, we'll just erase <laughs> the AL3s and then we'll just, we'll just put in APIs, exactly. right? That's. But, but that's exactly the point is, is APIs don't mean you can integrate. So even in the world of, of relatively modern carriers who do have APIs, even still they haven't integrated properly to, to AMSs because mm-hmm. either the APIs don't exist on AMS or because 
it's too much hard work. Mm. Also, we have to bear in mind that on the other side of that coin, uh, the the carriers have very intricate, complex systems on their side too. So I don't want to sound like I'm defending the carriers, but they do. Def they do well. I am to a degree defending the carriers. Like if you go and look at a a Duck Creek or a Guidewire or or complex, comprehensive solutions like that, they're they're big systems and they're dealing with a lot of complexity and a lot of different areas of that business. Mm -hmm. So it's 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 fundamentally it just isn't that easy, and that's why it's taking time. There's a ton of legacy systems in the industry that just are taking time to modernize. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't see it as much defending as really painting a true picture of the reality of the situation. Yeah. Right. I mean, there, there's, there is such a thing as legacy tech debt, um, in, in the insurance industry, this is what it looks like. It looks like being sort yeah. of chained to, uh, you know, maybe a, uh, a slightly slower, less accurate way of tr of moving or transferring data. Um, now, that's yeah. not to say that the work's not being done, but it just it sounds like it takes time to get there because of the amount of work done on each party's side, and then the, the work that has to be done together between the two of them. So, yeah. So. And the other interesting point there is that a, a lot of a lot of folk think that the insurance industry specifically is is the worst you know because they're in the insurance industry and and it's it's also a bit of a mythical misnomer or lie that goes around the industry too that the insurance industry is the worst of the worst and it's so unmodernized but mm. in reality like you go to like let's take manufacturing for example they have an X12 format, which is a manual file transfer of orders that move between different suppliers in exactly the same way that AL3s do. And it goes through a service that sits in between one manufacturer who's ordering or getting orders from a customer and a customer. Like you look at that and you go, well, is it really that far behind? Have we not really just been sold this this? Silicon Valley dream of AI is going to sort all my data out and magically integrate it. And yeah, I know AI is coming a long way. I know ChatGPT is a, is a hell of a cool tool and it's created a lot of like excitement in the industry as to the potential of AI. But the reality is that it's just not that easy. And a lot of industries are very far behind the curve in terms of generic modernizing of their of their tool sets. Mm. I, I mean, I appreciate you saying that because it does often feel like when you're staring the problem in the face, the, the grass must be greener on the other side, right? So it's, yeah, it's nice exactly. to hear from someone who's, you know, maybe seen the, the grass on the other side and says, eh, it's, it's, it's brown. It wasn't watered either. Don't worry. Um, yeah, so I often use the analogy of try, try explaining to a two year old that they can have the blue cup and not the pink cup and they want the pink cup like that is their reality at the moment and that's their hardest hitting reality at the moment the fact that they're being entirely unreasonable about a blue cup versus a pink cup uh, is that's just their reality that's their biggest challenge in life at the moment so when you're in the face staring at your blue cup and going i want my pink cup you you're going to be pretty pissed off about not having your pink cup right mm -hmm. that's just 
that's just how it is that's how human humans interact with situations their nearest reality is there is what they see and that that is their biggest challenge so for some people to say to the two-year-old most people say to the two-year-old but it's a freaking blue cup and a, and a pink cup like calm down <laughs> it doesn't work because that's just their reality and and maybe maybe more people aren't getting their pink cups at the moment than we think of right now mm, that's a good that's a good analogy also why i don't have kids so there's that too <laughs> i've um, got three kids so i use a lot of them in analogies <laughs> <laughs> i love it um so okay so we we kind of understand the difference between some of the more traditional forms of connectivity and what apis could deliver Maybe we can make this real world for the agencies listening. I can see up over your, let's see, right shoulder, you've got the slogan for Synatic, which is get the right data to the right person at the right time. Um, I love that phrase because I think it, it makes what you guys do from a technical perspective you know, when we start talking about APIs and microservices and connectivity, it makes it more tangible for an agent, mm. um, would you be willing to share uh, a story? We don't have to name the business, but a story of how you guys helped get the right data to the right person at the right time with this new connectivity that you you know have at your fingertips. Yeah, with pleasure. I can share a, a long list of of challenges we've overcome. So, well, with clients. So, um. Let's kick off with a, uh, a CRM conversation. So a customer of ours had recently installed or signed up to HubSpot. And what they were looking at doing was taking disparate data sets in that benefit point and AMS 360 weren't talking, so they hadn't set up the native integration, and taking the account sets between the two different systems aggregating out that account set, throwing that into HubSpot, and then using that aggregated set of data to pull reports. So when we look at what Synatic does, we integrate, aggregate, orchestrate. So that, that's our job is we integrate systems together, we aggregate it for reporting and warehousing, and then we orchestrate it, which is I differentiate that from integration because I talk about time-sensitive integration versus just point-to-point -point integration. So what we did there was we took that, that those two data sets, we, their account numbers weren't merged because they weren't integrated. So we brought those two data sets together in our data warehouse built into Synatic, figured out how to make that a single account so that the customer could look for cross-sell opportunities inside HubSpot then reverse the data out of HubSpot CRM into HubSpot um, marketing so that they could then go and automate cross-sell marketing initiatives mm. from HubSpot Ooh. off of that data. That's beautiful. That's yeah, beautiful. It's, it's interesting stuff. And, and that's it's another thing that the industry, especially the agency world, in fact, almost all the agency world has been sold, is like the carriers sit in all the data. Like, no, you sit on tons of, of powerful, powerful data. Mm. Like this, the simple concept of cross-sell is, is it's achievable now. You can, you can do that. You can find a customer 
we know how to get to the policies out of your out of your AMS, whether it, all three of them, whether it's Sajita 360 QQ, we can get that policy out. We can tell you exactly what that customer is focusing on, and we can we can push that data. Yeah. So, and, like, use it. And I think you can do it in a smarter way because when you're bringing that, and I love, you know, I get for, for really quick that. I am no data expert, but what made sense to me when I talked to uh, the data scientist that we had brought on at B Atomic, which was where I was before Vertifor, he said, look, it's like speaking two different languages, right? If, if you have system A, it's speaking French, right? And, and system B is speaking Spanish. And you put them, basically, when you bring them into the data warehouse, you translate them into English. And now you have them in one language, right? The phrasing or whatever it is, you have yeah. them in one language, and then you can send that one language to another system instead of sending it to Spot different on. languages, right? So, so when when you sent the um, oh, I just lost my train of thought there because I got really into um, language. Uh, <laughs> 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 languages. Oh, cross sell being smarter with cross sell. So. What's, what's interesting though is, and what I think most people miss, right now, if you go into one of your systems to look for cross-sell opportunities, all, the data point you're gonna be looking for is, do they have more than one policy, right? Or, or are they missing yes. X policy? And then based off of that, you're gonna create a list and then, okay, Mr. or Mrs. You know, uh, producer, here's the list, start calling, or Mr. or Mrs. account manager, start calling. Right. And there's really no rhyme or reason or rhythm to it other than, well, these people don't have, you know, there's a gap of coverage there. I think what you guys are yeah. doing is saying, hey, we can be smarter about this. Let's pull in a renewal data point and then have them. Oh, yeah. Now we can create a cadence of phone calls around that renewal data point that's matched yep. with the cross, you know, the, the policy data point or policy count data point. And, and now we have a really smart cross-sell strategy, not just a yep. cross-sell strategy. A hundred percent. So so it's exactly, I mean, that's actually ironically, it's one of the demo flows I use whenever I'm demoing AMS 360 is we can pull policy data out of AMS 360 at a policy detail level so we can get policy schedule and policy. And then we can take that data and we can actually do a calculation on it to say, is this, is this, between 90 and 120 days out of renewal. And then let's go and create a case in, in this case, Salesforce. And we actually create a case there to say, this person needs to go and action this renewal and look into this account. So it's exactly that point. It's just being smarter with, with that data and starting to present people the right data and in their native environment. So as cool as reporting is, reporting is not all of the story. So mm -hmm. as much as we can aggregate data out and and pull it and present a report on it and say, here it is, here are your upcoming renewals. The challenge with that is I'm not saying I need you to do something. So if Sydney manages Jamie and Sydney wants Jamie to go and do that renewal and blow up the phone of the customer until I get through to the customer and I get them to talk to me about the renewal. If I've only got that on a report, 
Sydney can't say Jamie has a task to do and it's it's two weeks overdue. What the hell's going on, Jamie? Like mm-hmm. all she can do is go and pull the report, look at the report, and then say, "Well, why hasn't this happened yet?" There's no actionable data coming out of it. We talk a lot about operationalizing data. Um, some people talk about weaponizing data. It's mm-hmm. turning it into something that becomes an action point. Do something with it. Reporting on it is cool. It's necessary. So I don't undermine that reporting journey at all. And as I say, we can check. We do check that box. But the, in reality, it's part of the story. It's not the story. Yeah, I love that. I, lo- I love the phrase weaponizing your data. That's one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> okay, so uh, I, I know we, we only have a few minutes left here. So let's maybe just step back. And I would love to hear the story of Synatic. Um, I, you know, I've there are other companies in the industry um, making making the data play right um and everybody's doing it a little bit differently it's always really intriguing to see uh i I love startup because it really is creating something from absolutely nothing and the way that that happens is is kind of up to the hearts minds and souls of the people involved in the business so what comes out what's Mm. produced is is always something a little unique um but you guys are interesting because you've really stayed kind of under the radar in a way but done really interesting good work and i think that's why um and you know more to come on this but why you know vortifor has been so intrigued with what you guys are doing so maybe just if we could walk this back a minute um i'm guessing synatic wasn't created you know a year ago um when was the no. com- <laughs> what yeah. was the company a couple, couple of years back yeah, what, how did you meet the team? How did you guys decide that this is what you were going to do? Um, tell me that story. So the founder and CEO of the business is, is he's run a 1,000 person sort of uh, IT shop. So uh, programming, design, et cetera, et cetera. So a stock standard outsourcing play. And, and in his traversing of, of running that, he figured that there must be a better way to do enterprise data because it really is, it's a challenge that everyone faces. So where where it started was, it was, he, he took his payday from exiting the business and then threw it all into Synatic. And uh, we founded about three, four years ago now, maybe five, um, lose track. And he founded the business. He was on his own for quite some time, um, brought on a couple of other staff, started uh, working our way up in terms of number of customers. He's actually a mate of mine, uh, Martin Nordia. So we've had a, an interesting one to figure out how we work together and be friends. So it's been a, it, we, we actually, when I exited my last business, I, I, we did a dance for a little bit and figured out whether, <laughs> whether we could actually work together, but we've got very complimentary, complimentary personalities. So we actually work healthily together um, in as much as it does naturally get tense every now and again. Um, and I joined in 2019 now and mm-hmm. and took on the took on the sales a little bit of operations and we had at that stage more by happenstance than anything and and that's also a consistent story with startups right is you kind of 
all your way into your market positioning and figuring it out. And once you're in your marketing position, you kind of going like, oh, where am I? Where am I? Okay, okay, I'm here. This is what I am. Mm. And and that's sort of how it happened for us. We we got through a Salesforce partner of ours. We got into the into the industry. Um, he actually introduced us to our first AMS 360 customer. So and, wait, so you we, guys didn't start in insurance? No, and we started serve- as just a generic data play. And and you've you've more at this point have you focused specifically on insurance and said like hey I'm dude our eggs are one hundred percent in the insurance basket see so that's, that's interesting that's it that so, is so so yeah go ahead it's it's an interesting space because it's such a a uh, and I use this word gently but like a broken industry from a point of view of data specifically. It's very fixed industry and it's very, very structured and very regulated. And it's a it's a strong industry for us to be targeting. I, I mean, like insurance in the US as a market value is worth the equivalent of the next nine industries, next nine insurance industries in the world. I don't know if you know that stat, but that's that. why we're targeting insurance in the US is mm-hmm. like we doing business in UK. In fact, I've gotten off of 18 hours of of live POC with a large carrier in the UK this week. Hmm. But at the same time, our strategic objective is insurance USA, because it is just such a big industry. And it all centers around this, effectively, this mess happening around a single object, which is your policy. So everyone has different formats of that policy. Everyone wants a bit of the policy. Some people need this bit of data. Some people need that bit of data. Insure techs are another layer to add on to the complex onion that makes everyone cry. So you look at this and you go like, well, it's it's an attractive industry for us because it is so it is so so broken with bits of data all over the place. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, we we did we totally fell into it, uh, but we're loving it and we're succeeding in it at the same time. So it's a it's a very very interesting industry from a data point of view. Interesting. How did when you guys decided to capitalize on the American market? How <laughs> how how do you go about? I mean, obviously we have the internet, but that's uh that feels like an unconquerable hill to, to, again, you know, you're, you're in a different country, you know, it's like, were you ever worried? Well, what if they just want to work with American counterparts or anything like that? Or was it just blind faith? Like you, you believed in what you were doing at the time. So favorite, one of my favorite sayings is dumb enough to try smart enough to make it work. (laughs) Like that, that's pretty much what it comes down to. It's, it's, it's blind obsession with the system, with what we can do, with growing out of market space. It's being brave enough to try. Um, we we've we have a firm belief that South Africa produces a lot of tech talent. Well, factually, South Africa produces a lot of tech talent and produces a lot of really cool tech. But South Africans. For some other reason, or a little bit, uh, there's there's a little bit of trepidation going overseas. So we tend to stick within the time zone, which is into the UK market. Um, if we go overseas, and and ultimately selling into the US is actually a lot easier. 
So we we picked it and we went for it because it's a big industry and because we we put on our brave face and we went for it and and it's working. So I don't I, I can't I don't remember whether there was a moment whether we said like this is really crazy but we're going to do it anyways. I think it was always it was all, always and I think blind belief is even wrong like as much as I use the phrase. Uh, it's it's knowing that we've got a good tech solution that answers real pain points for businesses mm-hmm. and knowing that if we figure out how to position that correctly and how to sell it in the US we can make a, we can make a real go of it mhm mhm i love it i love it that's uh you guys have the fighter spirit. That's it's, it feels like oh, yeah. true, true entrepreneurialism. Um, oh yeah. No, so- Martin and I, Martin and I are, are both of us are real fighters. So, so it was interesting um, story time. Um, so just before we went into this pitch with this carrier and like, we had just made the strategic objective of like, we're not going to focus too much on carriers or NGAs this year. We're going to really hone in on the, on the on on the agent and the broker and really understand their pain points which we do so we actually already do so we're going to leverage what we know and then we sat in one meeting with this big carrier coming out of UK which is a we've just said no carrier well not no carriers but we're not going to focus on outreach and engaging with them b we've just said we're going to go for the USA only because that's where we're hitting success and then we sat in one meeting with the with the carrier and they listed off their competitors and both Martin and I were like screw that man we're better than them we can go and beat that and win that deal so there we are like and we had a great pitch so you know mm. holding thumbs mm. well i've gotten to see a little bit of your progression i mean i i remember going to the website at least this was like a year and a half two years ago now um and even just going back a, a day or two ago to brush up before we talked. Um, the messaging looks great. Uh, you know, I think the, the, um, maturity of the, the marketing that you guys have, I can tell there's a lot of intentionality and thought behind it. Uh, you know who you are and it's really hard as a startup to know who you are and to be confident walking into a room of people who don't know who you are and, you know, kind of put your foot down and say, Hey, um, you know, we deserve to be here and we're excited to do this work. So, I'm excited to see where you guys go. Um, I, you know, is there anything that you want to? I, I guess for those listening, I, as you guys navigate this new world of of technology, and I think we're seeing more and more agencies really start to invest. Yeah. Whereas before, they were playing the sit and wait game. You know, as you can, I remember seeing a curve at one point where you see, you know, early adopters and we're starting to hit the peak of that, I think, at this point in time. Um, I'd agree. So keep, you know, keep synatic in the top of your mind, but also remember um, that connectivity and, you know, as you buy these different tools, um, the, the idea of connectivity is shifting, right? You can pass more data than you think between systems. You can do it. Um, in really interesting and um, actionable ways that are meaningful to your business. And, um, you know, I think as, as you guys modernize, buy the stuff that, that buy the tech that you like, that, that you, you know, for whatever reason, your team likes the, the company, you like the UX, you, you know, 
like that it has this feature, that feature, whatever it is, and then remember that you have the ability to bring those things together with the, these sort of new technologies, these APIs and other different things. So, Jamie, anything that I'm missing here? I mean, I, I think that's really the message I wanted people to walk away with was connectivity is changing. It's not just between an AMS and a carrier, and it's not just one time every week uh, in a batch processing way. Yeah, a hundred percent. No, I think I think you're spot on there. The, I, I guess the only other thing to add on is just a reminder: like, don't get caught into that loop of reporting is everything. Like, reporting is cool. Like, operationalize, weaponize your data, do more with it, and make it make it talk to each other not just to a data warehouse. Mm. Um, in as much as we solve that as well at Synatic with our data warehouse and we've got reporting projects that we've completed and of a first really, the, the reality is that it's also about moving data between solutions and making sure that we don't have to go and fetch data from multiple points to go and, and, and get our jobs done. Let's mm -hmm. think more about our jobs as opposed to doing more admin. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Jamie, thank you. And if I ever come to South Africa, I'll let you know. Cool. Thanks, Sydney. You've got a you've got a, a friend to take you on safari. <laughs> All right. If you haven't yet been to Austin, Texas between May 7th to the 10th, consider this your official invitation. Accelerate is the largest gathering of Vertifor users from around the country. And no matter if you're looking to be challenged by hearing the stories of successful owners who did things a bit differently, see cutting edge solutions thanks to the implosion of the InsureTech ecosystem, or learn how you can maximize your current Vertifor tech stack. Accelerate has it all. So go to accelerate.netview.org, put it in your phone, put it in your computer, wherever you are, accelerate.netview.org, grab your ticket and join us in the live music capital 